0: Hey, and welcome to the 12 Stone Church Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message.
1: So welcome to 12 Stone here across the campuses. And as your pastors just told you, today is a really special and sacred day here it's small group sign-up day this weekend and next weekend, and your 12 Stone Home pastors will talk to you about what that looks like for 12 Stone Home, but across our campuses, this is a really sacred day. In fact, this week, we gathered about 500 of our small group leaders, and we trained them up, prayed over them, commissioned them, got them ready for today, and I want to start by giving you an update that I gave them off the top this, this past week. If you were here last weekend, you heard about my toilet. I need you to know this. As of noon on Thursday, my wife has a brand new toilet in the guest bathroom. So thank you for that. I, I'd like to thank the numbers of, of men that wanted to be a daymaker. Said, so listen, dude, let me fix your toilet, bro. It's, it's, it's not right. Here's the problem. I had to handle that. My manhood was at stake. And if you would have fixed it, she'd have said thank you to you. I needed her to say thank you to me. And so daddy, daddy covered it this week. Toilet fixed. Life is good. So thank you for all your encouragement. You can stop emailing. Texting, DMing, talking to my wife in stores, in public. She has a toilet. Anyway, let me get, let me, let, let me get back to something more important here. See, today is, is a sacred day, and God has been moving across this church. If you, if you got a nose to smell it, you smell it. The Spirit of God's moving. He's inviting us into a future as a church, and he's inviting you into a future. And a huge part of that, listen, is jumping in to joining a small group. And today is going to be a day that we do that, and we heard last week that step is called find freedom, that we want, we want to invite you to, to find freedom from your junk and help take your, take your mask off. Don't be fake. Be honest about what you're struggling with, and James tells us that, listen, if, if, if you're, the, the God's people pray over you, you can find freedom and healing from that, and so we're going to be jumping into small group signups today, and if you got one of those cards on your seat, go ahead and grab it right now. Across the campuses. You got one of those cards. Grab it right now. And here's what I want to say. This is a no excuse Sunday. Because here's what happens. We get all the time. Did you get in a group this year? Man, I didn't know how the website worked. I didn't know in Tinder. I'm like, stop. There's a piece of paper and a pen. If you don't know how that works, I, I, I wish I'll pray for you. Because it's not, not rocket science. Here's the deal. If you've been in a small group before around here, you know how to do it. Jump online. Use the app. Use the website. If that's you, get in a group. If, if you go, I don't know what to do now, put your first name, your la- last name, your email, and your phone number, and we're going to literally reach out to you this week and help you get in a group. Why? Because this is a big deal. You can't, you can't build an unshakable life when you're alone. And so we're going to tell you more about this throughout the day. And listen, if you, if you get bored during the teaching, it's not going to hurt my feelings. Write your name, last name, email, phone number. We're going to tell you what to do with these at the end of the service. But we want to help you get into community. And I want to tell you one story that, that might help you understand it. Says so There's a couple named Chris and Jenny Etheridge. And here's a picture of them. And uh, they, they grew up in the church thing, but they never did the small group thing. They would have told you, we're not small group people. Thank you very much. Well, in, in 2016, they suffered a miscarriage. If you've ever done that, you know the weight of that. And they would have told you they were alone. I said, well, we might need to become small group people. And so they actually started a small group. They didn't know what was going to happen. Three other couples joined the group. They started jumping into the Word, praying for each other, doing life together. And they they had their people now. And then several years later, got pregnant again, suffered another miscarriage. And they said, this time was totally different because we weren't alone anymore. And then they kept doing life together over the years. And the miraculous happened. She got pregnant again. She's praying, God, please. And the miraculous happened. Two other girls in the small group got pregnant and they they all three had kids back to back to back months and now their kids have sort of grown up together and they're doing life together and it's a beautiful thing. This is God's design that you don't do hard things alone. You don't celebrate alone. Like think about it, I got a raise, and you're by yourself in your house. That stinks. That's like there's no one to celebrate with. Man, this this week was terrible. By yourself in it. Man, God designed you to be in community. And so today is a sacred day, small group signups. And I want to give you a little heads up for something that's coming February 10th. We're calling it just a date night for married couples. We're going to be at our Lawrenceville campus, and we're going to be gathering married couples across the church. And it's just going to be a night of fun, and we're going to pour into your marriage. We're going to help pray for breakthrough for your marriage. We're going to have things like a comedian. They'll be dueling pianos. There's a mocktail bar not a cocktail bar, we're a church, but a sort of fun swing on things there. That's going to be a blast. We're going to have, uh, it'll be $30 a couple. It's the cheapest date night in town. We're going to have some hors d'oeuvres around the lobby. It's going to be a blast for the night. If you want childcare, it's eight bucks a kid. If you've paid a childcare person recently, that's a steal. Things have gotten expensive. You can sign up by just texting DATE NIGHT to 37748. We'll get you connected February 10th. See, God's, God's inviting you into your next. And we're going to invite married couples for a night on February 10th. Go ahead and text that. Mark your calendars. It's going to be an awesome, awesome night together. So let's, let's jump into the teaching today. And I want, to, I want to tell you this off the top. I wish I had an hour and a half to teach this teaching. And some of y'all are like, for the love of God, please do not do that. And that's okay. It doesn't hurt my feelings. You don't want to hear my voice for the next 90 minutes. I get it. I, I, I wish I was a podcast and I could push 1.5 speed. And just blah, 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 we could get like, I could fit so much more because there's so much that God wants to do to change your life through today's teaching. And I wish I had all the time in the world, but I don't. But here's, here's what you have to understand. You might be missing the greatest joy and deepest fulfillment that a life of following God offers. You, you might be missing the most meaningful, joyful, fulfilling part of what it means to follow God. And you don't even know it yet. Listen, look at your neighbor, tell him, you might be missing it. Just tell him, might, don't say you are. Say, you might be missing it. See, the good news of the gospel is not just that God forgave your past, it's that he has a new future for you. I'm going to say that again, because that should have stirred something in your soul. The good news of the gospel is not just that God forgave your past, he has a new future for you. This is good news for you, that that it's not just, all right, my sin's gone. I'm going to hold out till I get to heaven. It's no, God has a purpose for your life. And if listen, if you've missed any of the last two weeks of what we're talking about in this series, I cannot recap it. Hop online, YouTube, catch up, because it's foundational for your life and for the future of this church. But we've been using this metaphor that Jesus gave about building a house in Matthew 7. And there's these two dudes that both build a house. The wise person put it on rock. The foolish person put it on sand. When the storms of life came, the house on the rock stood firm. The house on the sand crashed and burned. And that's the metaphor we're leaning into. But Jesus wasn't talking about building a house. He was talking about building a life. And we're inviting you. Listen, how do you build an unshakable life? So that when the storms come, your life doesn't have to crash. And dozens of places in scripture, God lays out this blueprint for us of how you build that unshakable life. And it's sort of like building a house. Here's the blueprint that God gives us. It's simply this the foundation is that you, you know God. You actually know Him. And then once you get the foundation poured, the framing goes up, and it's you find freedom from your past and your junk. We talked about those last week. Go back and watch. Then, then you have to know what each room's designed to do, and you got to discover your purpose. And then eventually, when the home's done, you fill it with people you love, your family, your friends, and you make a difference. And, and we're talking about those last two today. But I want to say these four things together loud, proud, like you mean them, like you love them. No God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. You ready? We're going to say them together. One, two, three. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. This is what God's inviting you to live like. This is what God's inviting you to and I want this for your life. Like, if I could, if I could control your decisions for the next six months, that's, that's what I would build in your life. I can't. You have to make those decisions, but that's what I would do. And in order to understand the power of, of those last two, discover purpose and make a difference, you have to understand something. This is how God designed the church to function. I want you to see this in Ephesians 4. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers... That's the pastor type people to do what to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, which is the church. Here's what that's saying. It's giving us some job descriptions. My job description as a pastor is not to do ministry. Like maybe that's never crossed your mind. You're like, wait, what? And then we pay you for. No, my job as a pastor is to equip, to equip you to do ministry. And your job is not to watch pastors do really cool ministry stuff. Your job, God's inviting you to, to actually do, you were created for this. You were created for ministry, to, to expand God's kingdom, to be in on this. God didn't design you to be a spectator. He had designed you to be on the field. To discuss that. Thank you. Somebody's with me across the campuses. Let's go. Your job is not to watch from the sideline and go, Hercules, good job, pastors. You're doing so good. You're in the game. And you can tell I'm fired up about this because, man, this is life-changing if you get it. You've maybe never heard this. This is what God would tell you if he sat across from you. God has a purpose for your life. He has a purpose and a plan. He created you for something. God didn't just randomly go, wait, how did Billy Bob get here? He wasn't, he wasn't in the cards. Like, God has a plan for you. Even if you were a surprise to your parents, you were not a surprise to God. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. You're not an accident. You're not a mistake. You're not randomly generated. If you have a creator, which you do, he created you for something. Here's how scripture talks about it. This is what God said to the prophet Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you grabbed a breath of oxygen, God knew you. This is how David talks about it, saying to God, God, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Do you see how intentional God is with you? Like if you don't hear anything else I say, see how intentional your creator is with you. God created you on purpose and for a purpose. Your life is designed for more than working 9 to 5 for 40 years and eventually getting to retire and watch Wheel of Fortune every night across the TV tray with your wife. Like that's not the, the chief aim. This is the culmination of everything we've been teaching leading up to this, that you can live a life of purpose and meaning and significance, not just going to church and trying not to sin, but a life of meaning and purpose, which is why we call this step Discover purpose is the room design. It's why you built the house in the first place. A house isn't a home. If it's just a roof and four walls, there's a purpose for it. And Paul says in Ephesians 1, this is how he says it, that you could know the hope to which he has called you. That once you know God and find freedom, you can know the hope to which he has called you, your purpose, your meaning. And just like every room in a house has a purpose, each of us have a purpose. I never thought I would do this in the teaching But you guys want to play with a dollhouse? Cool? All right. Never thought I'd do this. If you're like an eight-year-old girl, this is fastball for you. This is a dollhouse. And if you take a closer look at this, it is the most absurd thing you've ever seen. Like, if you're a 10-year-old girl playing with this, do 10-year-old girls, eight, six, 10? All right, 10-year-old girl playing with a dollhouse, your expectations of what your house will be in the future is insane. Unless you invent the iPhone, your house will not look like this. You will not have an elevator In your house. Anyway, back to the point. As you look at this, you see the design, the purpose behind each room. And like when you build a house, you would never put a toilet in the kitchen, hopefully. And you wouldn't put a bathtub in the living room. Super awkward with company. That goes over here. But you see how the rooms are designed on purpose and for a purpose. And if you're like me, you're counting down the days to when that that little bedroom for your, your daughters there and suddenly, oh no, Susie's going to college. That's so terrible. Flat screen TV, couch. I got my man cave and, and it's almost complete. This is, ag- this is against fire code. Listen to me, but you got a grill in there because you love meat. If you're a fireman, you're like, I can't even, I can't even right now. Eventually you get to repurpose the room. Here's the point. If, if God's kingdom is this giant house, this giant kingdom, and each of you are a room, God has given each of you a purpose to fulfill that makes this whole church thing work. In fact, in Ephesians, here's how it says it. I want you to, to see this passage in 1 Corinthians, rather. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but all, in all of them, and in every one, it is the same God. Continues on, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all as many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. See, God has given you a gift, unique gifting. So when you look at your life, it's like if this is a blank room and you start to realize God's given you a gift and you suddenly put a bathtub in there and you put a, I put the toilet in the laundry room, you put a toilet now in the bathroom, suddenly you realize God's given you some gifts. You, you, this might be your purpose to be a bathroom for Jesus. Like you have gifts and you have skills and you have abilities that God himself has given you. And we're all different. Some of y'all are kitchens and some of y'all are living rooms and some of y'all are back patios. Some of you are unfinished basements and you're a work in progress. God's still working on you, but you have a unique purpose. Listen, some people are good with kids. Some are not. Some people have, are really good with music, and they're creative, and some people are cerebral and objective and thinkers, and some people are administrative. Some people are relational. Listen, some people have this desire to help. Some have this wiring to lead. All of us are different, and God did that on purpose. He put something in you on purpose, and it's said that the two greatest days in your life are the day you were born and the day you discover why. And I teach this because in a recent poll, 87% of believers, Christians, go through their whole life and never, never discover their unique contribution to God's kingdom, which means 87% of people die at the end of their life. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're going to heaven, but you never discovered why you exist, your purpose and God wants that for you. And the bread trail that leads you towards your purpose is the gifting that God put in you. And throughout Scripture, there are places all over Scripture that give you the different lists of spiritual gifts. I'm going to throw them up quickly. If you want to take a picture, you can. But they're all through Scripture. First Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, Romans 12. And these are the things that God puts in us. Not all of these for everybody. That's who God is. God's all these all together. But collectively, God might give you the gift of helps or service or hospitality or wisdom or teaching or leadership or the gift of giving to fund the kingdom. God gives all of us different gifting to use. And listen to me, this is why we created Growth Track, because we want to help you discover the gifts that God put in you. And when you discover them, it's a bread trail leading you back towards why God created you in the first place. Your gifting points you towards your purpose, why you exist. And God has given every follower of Jesus unique gifts to fulfill their unique purpose. Even me? Yep, even you. Even my husband? Yep, even your husband. Even my kids? Yep, even your kids. In fact, one of the most important roles I have as a parent is to help my kids begin to unlock and discover the gifts that God's uniquely put in them. So as Lincoln, my youngest, he's 10 years old, he's good at Legos. He has the attention span of a goldfish until he gets this thick Lego book out. And I'm not lying. He'll go five hours and not have a drink of water. And he's, and he comes, dad, look what I built. And I'm like, how did you, what am I doing as a dad? I'm not just going cool Legos. I'm having the conversation, son, maybe God put that in you. Because you see, your brother and sister aren't great at Legos. They get frustrated and throw them down and they're done. You can do five hours. Maybe that's part of the bread trail towards your purpose later in life. Dads, moms, this is what you do. My daughter is so kind and empathetic towards people. She's good with art and music. And what am I doing when she does those things? I'm calling those things out in her. Because that's, that's part of my job as a parent, is to help point her to the things that God uniquely knit inside of her that will contribute towards her purpose in life. My oldest, Luke, is hilarious and loves to make people laugh. And he loves to accomplish things and, and fix things that are broken. And so I'm helping him to see God put that in you. That's not a mistake, bro. God put it in you. And parents, our job is to unlock these things, to see them, to pay attention, to point them out, to call them out, because eventually those gifts will point them towards the purpose God has for their life. And we want to do the same thing for you. But I want to I want to illustrate this by talking to our students at 12 Stone. And by talking to them, I'm talking to all of us. See, I'm curious. Adults in the room, think back to yourself in high school and college. How many of you made the biggest mistakes of your life in those seasons? Anybody? I did. Across the campuses. How many of you, when you look back to high school, you college, you, you made some of the biggest mistakes in your life. Listen, what if God wants to spare the next generation from that? See, when you were growing up, what you heard from your parents or your pastor or your church was, don't do that, it's bad, which made you go, really? And there you go, being stupid again and making the mistakes. Listen, what if what the next generation needed was not us to say, stop, that's bad. What if they really needed was to discover their purpose? Listen to me, because here's why. Your purpose helps protect your future. Maybe you've never thought about this. Your purpose becomes the filter through which you run your decisions through. You know why we make some of the biggest mistakes in high school and college? Because we're sort of purposeless. What am I doing? What does my future look like? I'm not sure. So what do you do? Let's just party and enjoy it until we figure it out. And what if what God wanted to do, students, what if what God wanted to do was to help you discover a purpose that's worth trading for? So I don't have to sit here, students. I don't want to be the guy that looks at you every week and goes, listen, don't party in high school. Don't drink underage. Don't sleep around till you're, until you're married. Don't do that before you're married. Listen, don't, don't slough off in school. Don't waste high school. Study, learn, get smart. Don't do those things. I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that helps you discover your purpose, because when you realize that God has a purpose for your life, suddenly the idea that partying was good suddenly changes because you will listen, I've got a purpose bigger than the party now. And maybe maybe some, this is a line you'll start to use, students here at 12 Stone, you got temptation right in front of your face to do stupid or foolish or sinful. Maybe this is what you start saying when you got temptation in your face, say, listen, my purpose, too big for that. You might not even say it out loud, you just whisper it to yourself, no, my purpose is too big for that. Hey, dude, we're going to this party, not going to go do this, blah, blah. Ah. Not tonight. My purpose is too big for that. This is partly why we make the biggest mistakes of our life in those seasons. What if 12 stone became a place students that we could help you discover your purpose earlier? Doesn't mean that you know what your job's going to be at 60, but you can start to discover the slice of the pie that God has gifted you and wired you for. Adults, what if the places you struggle with temptation are because you don't see a purpose big enough to trade for? And what if part of what God wants to do is to open your eyes to what he wants to do through your life? We were made for more, and so we should live like it. God has a purpose for your life. We want to help you figure out how God has uniquely wired you, your spiritual gifts, your abilities, your passions, your wiring, which all leads to you discovering your purpose. And when you do, that's when it gets fun. Because this is sort of like the moving into your new home day. If you're building a house, the best day of the build is when they finally cut the ribbon and you get to move in. Because you now know what every room does, and you're like, this is now my new home, which is why we call the last step in this. Fill it with family. Make a difference with your life. See, here's what we're saying. When you build a home, you don't just build it for yourself. You build it for other people, right? Like, if you just built your home for yourself and no one else, your living room would look like mine did in college, something like this. Right now, single dudes, how many of you, this is your life? you got a flat screen TV, a recliner, three steps to the fridge, and a video game system. Like, what else do you need? You're looking at this like, what's the big deal? Now, that's how you build a house just for you. No one else has any place to sit. And here's, this is what I love. This picture was posted, and there's a a girl said, you guys live in apartments like this and don't see any issue? I love user 101. He says, it drives women crazy that men can just sit and be happy. (laughs) I love that guy. (sighs) He's my spirit animal. Anyway. See, when you build a house, it's not just one chair in every room. It's you're building it for something more than just yourself. And Paul says this. This is the verse that correlates to this step. That, that you may know the hope to which he, God, has called you, which are the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. See, ultimately, when God gives you spiritual gifts, they're not just for you. Like If God makes you good at business, that's just not so you can get filthy rich. So you can fund the kingdom. If God gives you the gift of hospitality, it's not so you can can make a charcuterie board. The thing with meat and cheese. Come on. It's not so you can make that for yourself and sit on the couch and eat it. It's so you can be hospitable to other people. See, your purpose is always connected to other people. God gave you gifts and a purpose for others, not just yourself. See, how do you make a difference in this world? In Ephesians, it says this. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. You were created in Christ Jesus for good works. You were created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God created them before you even existed. He created opportunities for you to do this. And then here's what happens, that we would let your light shine before others. That they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. See, ultimately, God created all of us to live into our gifting and our purpose and care about people. That they would ultimately come home again. Come back to God's house again. That they too would know God. They could find freedom. They could discover their purpose and make a difference. See, this is how the church has perpetuated for 2,000 years. And it's where our daymaker calling came from. See, if you were here this fall, we talked about being daymakers. And that word, that phrase, that's not a a marketing play. That's our calling. That when you discover your purpose and start to make a difference in the lives of others, that's what it means to be a daymaker. Whether you're a daymaker at the church or in the community or in your school or in your neighborhood, you start to discover that when you know you're gifting, you know how best to make a difference. If your gifting's this, the best way to make a difference is this. It's, it's, it's not rocket science, but it is profoundly life-changing when you see it. Your spiritual gifts, hospitality, you have a passion for cooking and grilling meat. How do you make a difference? Invite neighbors to your house for a cookout. Start a relationship and talk about what Jesus has done in your life. Listen, you, you're inside the church, you have the spiritual gift of service or helps, and you're sort of a techie gearhead Like your home theater is rock and roll. It's awesome. Well, how would you make a difference? Maybe you you serve on the production team at your campus and you help us create moments and services for people to know Jesus. You see how these sort of breadcrumbs begin to be dropped and you follow how God wired you, how God gifted you, what God put in you. And all the gifts he's put in you help you discover your purpose, which tell you how you best make a difference in the lives of other people. See, when you serve, You're not just filling a spot. You're fulfilling your purpose. And for too long, it's felt like you're getting recruited to do something versus you're discovering why God put you here. So my prayer for you is that this is not a chore when you serve in the community or serve someone at your office or at school, that this is not a chore that you have to do. It's a joy that you get to do. The greatest meaning and purpose you will find in life is living for something bigger than yourself. See, the lie the American dream sells us is that they tell you, make it about you, and you'll finally be happy. Make it about you. Get more stuff, and then you'll be happy. And you get your next thing, and you save up and buy the boat, or the big screen, or the second house, or you finally take the vacation. Fill in the blank. And you finish it and go, I'm not happy. You know why? Purpose is so much deeper than happiness. God's called you to live a life of meaning and significance. And I can tell you this when I bump into a 12 stoner, I can tell whether they've been recruited to serve somewhere or they've discovered their purpose. Because you look different. The smile, the joy you have, I'm like, oh, that guy's found, he's discovered his purpose. This isn't a a volunteer spot. This is fulfilling something in him that God created them for. I mean, let me illustrate it this way. And I have to give you a disclaimer. Not everything in my house is broken all the time, all right? So just give me a break. So two, three months ago, I got a freezer that's got like the drawer in the bottom. You know what I'm saying? So overnight one night, one of the kids left it open like an inch. And so the humidity from the air got in. And the coldest from the freezer froze it, and then it wouldn't shut completely. And so we slammed it shut as best we could. There's like a hairline crack. And so over time, the ice keeps building up, and we can't shut the door, and it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. So I spend an hour, take all the stuff out, all the food out, all the drawers out, and I got a screwdriver. I broke all the ice up I could find, and it still wouldn't shut. I'm like, this thing's broken. We're going to get a new fridge. This is the worst. And then Luke, my oldest, shows up. He's like, hey, Dad, let me take a look. And I'm like son, I love you. You're my boy. But I, I've been here for an hour. think I got it covered. And He goes, let me just, let me take a look. So he gets down in there and sticks his head back in the freezer. And this is what the kid said to me. Like, this was the moment. He goes, he's in there. He goes, screwdriver. And I'm like, wait, that's, I say that. You give me the screwdriver. I don't like this. And he snaps. Screwdriver. And you know what I did? I was like, here's the screwdriver. Hey. And here's what I figured out. His head was like, if you don't know me, my head's huge. Like I like special hats almost, big head. I couldn't get back in there. He got his little head in there, and I hear him ch 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 and he starts grabbing chunks of ice and tossing them behind him. And he slides out and he goes, That ought to do it. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, God, I'm so, I'm so torn. I want the freezer to be fixed. I don't want him to have done it. And here's what happens: he goes, that thing shuts, seal. it still works to this day. Here's, Listen, this is cheesy, but it'll stick with you. There are places in the kingdom and this church that only your head can fit into. That's good, and you know it. Come on now. I couldn't get back to where he could get, because my head's too big, I'm, too, I'm, I'm a grown man. But he could get back into places that were perfect for him. And there are places in the kingdom, I'm telling you, that I'm telling you, that I'm telling you, that only you, your gifting, your passions, your wirings can fit. And you know what the beautiful part of that story is? My son walked around the rest of that night just full of joy. It's like, son, you probably saved us two grand. He's like, really? And So now he'd be like, hey, remember that time I saved you two grand? I'm like, son, you got to know what humility is. But he had meaning and purpose. Like he had done one of the purposes of what it means to be a man and eventually a husband, which is to fix stuff. And he did it. And it was like the first moment where he went, I'm becoming a man. And it's funny and it's cute and it's we can laugh at the story, but God designed you to live that way and feel that way. That when I stop on the side of the road and help someone's tire, it's like I'm not just doing that out of guilt. Like I feel like meaning and purpose when you show up to serve at the church in the place that you're gifted to serve, you should feel fulfillment and meaning and joy cuz that's what God designed you for. Not a life of religious duty that you're trudging along, but that you live a life that you were designed, gifted, wired called to. And when you discover your purpose and begin to make a difference through the way God's gifted you, it is there's is nothing like it on this earth. And I wish I could teach for another 45 minutes, I cannot. So here's what I want to do. I just want to end by giving you stories, examples of how this plays out. People here at 12 Stone, and I picked these stories on purpose because I couldn't possibly list out all the different amalgamations and combinations of your gifting next to the things you're passionate about, next to the things that you experienced in your past, and all those things congeal together, that's the gross word, uh, connect together. Into discovering your purpose. And it's a beautiful thing when they come together. I couldn't possibly explain all the different ways. But what I can do is I can illustrate. And my prayer is that God will begin to either give you some clarity of how things go together, how he's wired you, or give you a desire to want it. You see, for us, growth tracks, not just another ministry thing we do, it's how you begin to discover how God uniquely wired you. And part of what's complicated is we tend to tie our divine purpose from God to what we're paid to do, like our job. And sometimes, those two things go together. But a lot of times, your job feels like it's just how you make money. And that's okay sometimes. And sometimes God uses your nine to five to fund the purpose he's created you for. And sometimes they overlap beautifully. But God's invitation to all of us, to make a difference is the same, no matter how he accomplishes it. Sometimes you will discover your purpose in the place you work. Sometimes you won't. Sometimes your, your, your purpose will be linked directly to your job. Sometimes it won't. For most, if many, if not most of us, your purpose, how you make a difference, is most strategically done in the local church right here. When you see all these daymakers run around 12 stone, these are people who discovered their gifting, and now they're making a difference. So I just want to tell you a few stories. Here's this this is Ken. And Ken moved here from Pittsburgh. He's a reformed Catholic, as he would say. And he got here a couple years ago, and he started to discover that the way he was raised, God was an out there, over there, distant God. And he realized he's 70 years old in his 70s. He realized in his 70s how near and close God could be that he could actually Go. He could actually know God. And that got him to thinking, man, how many decades of my life did I live? Just like God's distant, that guy way over there. Man, I wish I'd have known that younger. You know what he did? Again, he's in his 70s. Do You know what he did? He signed up to lead a high school boys small group. for Campus. And he was super worried because he's like, am I going to fit in? I don't know their lingo. Don't do the social media stuff. Don't know the dances. The girls, I don't know any of this stuff. He's like, am I going to fit into this? So for three years, he's grown year after year with these boys, and these boys love him to death. Like they're family now. 70-year-old dude who discovered his gifting and his passion that, man, younger students would know that they can know God. Don't wait till you're 70. You know what happened in the the talent show last year? His boy's small group did a barbershop quartet and called it the Kentet. Tell me that's not love. Listen, I'm talking to somebody. You're not too old. God can use you. You can discover this in your 70s. And God can use you to make a difference for him in the life of these students. On the other end of the spectrum, young man named Ryan Rogers, busy high school student on the wrestling team, had a part-time job right here at the Sugarloaf campus working in the coffee shop. And he started to get around these middle school kids at work. And God started to stir his heart that, listen, maybe... Maybe you could make a difference in these middle schoolers, man. What if, Ryan, what if you could be who you wish you had in middle school? So what did he do? He rearranged his schedule and started serving in middle school. I'm talking to somebody. You're not too young for God to give you purpose and to use you to make a difference in the lives of other people. There's a 12-stone guy who did not love his job. I would ask for a show of hands, but it it could be sad. Didn't love his job. Grunt work, manual labor all day, and he Sat down with one of his pastors at his campus and was like, I hear you talk that God has plans for my life. Surely my, my, my calling is not to just dig post holes for the rest of my life. This can't be it. I said, yeah, sometimes God puts you in a job that you just have to work nine to five. Welcome to life. But God does have a bigger purpose for you. Started talking about his gifting and his passions. And he had just had a heart for people who were in the, in the camp that would be food insecure. So he said, why don't, listen, you got a work truck. Why don't you be responsible for taking the food we collect in the donation boxes and delivering it to our partner every week? He went, I could do that? Yeah. So he'd show up and load up all the food, put it in his truck, drive it to the co-op. He got to watch that food be put on the shelves. And he started praying, God, would you help these people? Would you bless these people? Would they feel your love as someone else gives them this food? See, his job was not great, but his purpose was so great. And suddenly this, this, this one little thing he got to serve and make a difference in brought life and meaning and purpose to the rest of his week. Talking to somebody. And my job is not what I find purpose in. Great, God has a place you can make a difference. On the other end of the spectrum is a guy at the Flowery Branch campus that opened a, a restaurant years ago. If you ever opened a restaurant, you know it's all encompassing. Every second of the day you're doing something. He sat down with me, he's like, bro, like, I'm sorry, I can't serve at the church like I, I, I used to, and I'm just so busy. He said, I, I feel selfish, feel hollow. The restaurant's taken off, but I don't feel like any meaning. I said, dude, make your restaurant your ministry. And then he had the idea. He said, what if I hire people that were unhirable in their past? criminal record or mistakes they've made, and no one else will hire them. Now, not everybody. You got to have staff, but what if I picked a few positions and said, those are my ministry? So he started hiring young men and women that this was their only option for a job. No one else would hire them, and there's good reason why. And he took his restaurant and made it his ministry and poured into them Learned their story, brought them to church with them. Numbers of those restaurant employees came to Jesus. Their life was changed forever. He took his business and made it a ministry. For some of you, I'm talking to somebody, you own something, you run a business, you work somewhere, and God's given you the ability to make what you're doing ministry. And sometimes those things connect. Maybe that's where you're at. Anthony Martinez is a realtor at the Beaufort campus and sells houses for people, buys houses for people. How is... How's that purposeful? A couple years ago, he said, I went on this journey of like, God, I can't just be a realtor. If I'm a follower of Jesus, I can't just be a realtor. So you know what he does? Part of his process, he says, listen, as we're looking for houses with you, as we're buying or selling, uh, if there's ever anything I can pray for you about, I'd love to do that. People are like, come on, come again? Like, you're a realtor. And he said, you would be shocked what God would the doors God would open If you would just say, God, use me. His personal motto is success through servanthood. See, God might want to send you back to the same job, but with a new purpose. And if you know Anthony, his spiritual gift of encouragement, belief, and love for people, beautiful. But you have to know the gift that God put in you, and you get to discover your purpose, and then eventually you get to make a difference with your life. See, for some of you, you look at your past and think, I'm more like the person that was unhireable. I wish I could be the restaurant owner in that story. I'm the unhireable guy. I'm going to tell you this. Someone needs to hear it. Your past does not disqualify you from a purpose. See, the specialty of the gospel is that it takes a messy past and turns it into a message. Some of the best ministries that were started out of this church were started by people who have jacked up pasts, addictions, and mess ups, and failures. And God wants to use you as well Listen, church, God is inviting you to a bigger, more meaningful, and fulfilling life than you might be experiencing right now. See, he wants to invite you to make a difference based on how he's wired you and gifted you. You can make a difference at church, usher, greeter, worship band, tech, kids, next-gen, parking, administrative, all kinds of things based on how you're wired. Don't fill a spot, fulfill your purpose. You can make a difference in our community through our partnerships and outreach and food co-ops and homeless initiatives and how we serve single moms and and pregnant women and all the things. God can help you discover your purpose and make a difference. Listen, you can make a difference with your job or in your neighborhood. For some of you, the place you serve the kingdom is nine to five, Monday to Friday. And God's made you good at business and you get to fund the kingdom. It's a beautiful thing. So how do you build an unshakable life Got to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose that God put you here for, and then begin to live a life that makes a difference, because ultimately, as Jesus said in Matthew 7, the storms will come. The problems in life will come. This is not a guarantee of a problem-free life, but God invites you to build a life that has a purpose that's bigger than your problems. So when you hit the storms, you're like, yeah, this is not great, but I have a purpose for my life that's bigger than the storm. And where you're stuck is you have nothing bigger than the problems that are in front of you. God wants to invite you into this. See, every one of you who follows Jesus has a gift given to you by God. That gift was given to you in order to fulfill the purpose God has for your life. And your purpose is to make a difference in the lives of others so they can know God as well. And this is my prayer for our church, that God would help us to unleash thousands of people to live like this. There's no better way to live. But here's what's tricky. When God puts a gift in you, a divine enablement, if you will, in you, you do it really naturally because God wired you for it. And the things you do most naturally are often the hardest things to identify for yourself. You know why? You think that's not special. Everyone can do this. Meanwhile, I'm over here going, what? That's amazing. Like, what? that's amazing. You're so good relationally. You've never met a stranger. That's a miracle. And you're like, no, everyone can do it. No, God put it in you. So that's why you have to have people around you to help you spot the things God's put in you to identify them. And that's why the order of this thing matters, that you know God, then you find freedom, because find freedom is where you get into a group and you get around God's people, and part of their role is to help you discover what God's already put in you, because it's hard to see it yourself. And that's why this weekend, in great part, we're inviting you to get into groups, to find freedom, and really to help get you to the next step to discover your purpose. So our pastors across the campuses and at home are They're going to step up. They're going to seal this moment for you and tell you what that looks like because God wants you to live a bigger, more meaningful, and purposeful life. Pastors, would you lead us?